Amen. on our 
did I
song.
Almighty God, we acknowledge your presence in our lives and in this church. We praise you, Father. If not just for the fact that you are worthy to be praised. Lord, we humbly come to the foot of your cross. For we declare your goodness and your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
Happy Sabbath. Welcome to Loma Linda Korean Church English Ministry. For those of you who thought Korean church only spoke Korean, you're wrong. We've been here for a long time. I'm just so glad that you guys are all here. We're, we're very happy that you came to our church to worship with us this morning. Some of you know that I started playing tennis a couple years ago. So uh, some of you may know this story, but so I took a tennis lesson for about a year. And then after a year, our coach said, you know, we need to go play at a tournament. And he said, in the tournament, there is League A, League B, and League C. He said, League A is for the advanced players. League B is for intermediate. And League C is for beginners. So when I heard this, uh, so when are we going to do this? Because um, I really want to play in the tournament. And I was like, sign me up. And I told my coach that, well, you know, I'm not good enough to play in the League A. So maybe I have a chance in League B. He looked at me and said, Richard, you're League C. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? He said, When you go to the tournament, you'll be lucky to win even one match in League C. I was really offended. I was like, what? I don't think so. So I went to the tournament. Guess what? First game, 6-0. Second game, 6-0. Third game, 6-0. I was crushed. (laughs) But that was a year ago. (laughs) That was a year ago. You know, when I got this, I was like, I understand why people kiss the trophy. (laughs) Because I felt like kissing it. So I went to the tournament, and I won this trophy. But what's really interesting about this trophy is I'm going to read what it says here. Winner, the third Korean-American tennis tournament for adult doubles, 1990, June 10. So we went to this tournament, And after the tournament, there were several trophies. And they said, everyone who played, grab one and take it home. (laughs) And I thought, oh, this one looks like the one that Roger Federer won. So I picked this one. So pretty much somebody had this in their garage for like 30 years. (laughs) And instead of getting rid of it, They brought it to give it to all the participants. So all of us, everyone, got a trophy that day. (laughs) Let us pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath. Thank you for all our members. Thank you for all the guests who came. Lord, now as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have a question. When we go to heaven, do we get rewards? I remember when I was little, in my Sabbath school or whatever, um, they they, they taught me that when I go to heaven, I'm going to get a crown. Do you remember that? We would go to vacation Bible school or Sabbath school, whatever, uh, and um, they would give us these paper crowns, you know what I mean? And we would put them on, and we sing songs about how when we go to heaven, we're going to all get crowns. Is it true? I feel like growing up, um, I was taught that if you're a good boy, if you do good things, When you go to heaven, you're going to get rewards. 
you're going to get a crown. So do we? Do we get crowns in heaven? There are many Bible verses which tell us that we will get crowns in heaven. And many theologians categorize these crowns in the Bible in five different crowns, okay? So the first one is the incorruptible crown. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 25, okay? It says, run in such a way as to get the prize. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So there's this crown that we're going to get, and we're in the spiritual race, right? So if you get through it, you're going to get a crown. Not the earthly ones, but the heavenly one. Number two, there's a crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. Okay? So this is actually a crown for people who faithfully witness and bring other people to Christ. So if you brought guests today, when you go to heaven, you're going to get which one? The crown of rejoicing. Amen? Yes. Not just a cup, but if you bring somebody, you get a crown as well. Third crown is called crown of life. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So people who love him, people who stay faithful to God, in the end, when Christ returns, we're going to get a crown of life. So far, so good. Can you kind of tell which one you're going to get? Anyone getting all three so far? Well, there's two more. Number four, the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4 says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. This is actually crown for the people who await for the second coming of Jesus. Hmm. This sounds like a crown for the Seventh-day Adventist. People who await for the second coming of Jesus. So the crown of righteousness is a crown of Seventh-day SDA. Our, that crown will probably say, Made in Loma Linda on it. The fifth one, the crown of glory. First Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 talks about these people who serve God. Fellow elder, um, a shepherd of the flock of God, exercising oversight, uh, examples to the flock. So what this crown is referring to the crown that people who lead church or, or, or teach people or lead the Bible study, lead praise, uh, uh, lead small groups. All of us, we're going to get a very special crown. It's called the crown of glory. Probably the biggest trophy, that the biggest crown that we're going to get in heaven. So some of us, sorry, not all of us, We'll get this crown. So, all believers are eligible for crowns, but some of us get additional ones and a little, a better one. You know, I don't want to say superior one because that'll be not good in church. So, a little better one, maybe a little bigger. Um, you know, it's only fair because being a pastor is hard. Okay, I mean, I work one day a week, but I work on the rest day, so that's not cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> and this is kind of normal in, in the world that we know, 
okay? The world that we know, think about it. Um, when we go to marathons, all the runners, raise your hand. Come on, I, I see the running club over there. Raise your hand. Yes, there you are. All right. You know this. When we go to marathons, some of us run 5K, some of us run half marathon, some of us run the full marathon. Okay? And at the end of the race, we all get our medals. But 5K people, their medals are tiny. Okay? It's like, what did you do? Oh, you ran a 5K. Is it a button or is it a... I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> full marathoners, okay? Full marathoners. Their medals are humongous. And when, when they put it on, it's like, bam! Shining and big and you can tell it's like, yes, I ran the full, right? So bright and it blinds your eyes. We're like, okay, you ran the full. You're, you're, you're awesome. But usually, um, you can tell who ran the full because after the race, the way they walk, their legs are all shaky like, you know, they usually crawl to their cars because they cannot walk anymore. Like, I want to go home, right? And these medals mean something. The full marathon medals mean I am awesome, I know I tortured myself for 26.2 miles, but still, I feel like dying, but still, I feel awesome. I am awesome. And of course, the, um, the half marathon people, it's like the medals mean, good job. You're all right. You know what I mean? And the 5K, of course, means thank you for coming out. Is that what's going to happen in heaven? Some of us get one crown, some of, us, some of us get five crowns, four crowns. If you think about it, is it even right for us to get crowns in heaven? How can sinners like you and I get crowns in heaven? It doesn't make sense. Isn't the gospel all about Jesus who saves? Yes. It's not, it's not my merits or my good deeds that save me. But only Christ can save me. It's not about what we do or what I do or what I can do or what I did. It's about what Christ had done on the cross that saves us. That's the gospel. So what is this thing about getting crowns in heaven? It almost sounds anti-gospel. There is absolutely nothing you and I can do to earn our salvation. It's a gift from God by his grace and mercy through Jesus. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 14. I have a very special Bible passage to share with you today, okay? Revelation chapter 4. For those who are not familiar with Revelation, a lot of us think that, oh, Revelation is all about um, the, the end of the age and um, it tells us how to prepare for the end of the No. If we actually read Revelation, you will see that Revelation is actually about a worship which occurs in heaven. Most of it is praises and prayers and songs that happen in heaven. That's what Revelation is about. So here, there are, four, uh, there are 24 elders seated on the thrones in heaven. Okay? They were dressed in white and they all had crowns of gold on their head. Yes, so there are crowns in heaven, okay? They're in heaven, and, and all of them uh, had crowns on their heads, and from their thrones, this is what the Bible says, from their thrones, flashes of lightning, and there's a rumbling of thunder, okay? 
And the seven lamps, they're lamps and blazing. These are energy efficient, super heavenly LED lamps from Amazon. Anyway, <laughs> in the center, in the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes. The Bible says covered with eyes in front and in the back, all over. It's like, oh, that's really creepy, right? I'm not making this up. This is all in the Bible. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. I was like, okay, ew, right? The fourth one was like a flying eagle. Sounds so weird, right? And all four living creatures had six wings. All of them had six wings. And the Bible says, their eyes all over, even under the wings. Man, scary. Scary and creepy. It's like, what's happening here? And then, these beasts sing. I know, so far, it sounded really creepy and really weird. But Loma Linda Church and all the guests, when they sing, it's not scary or creepy. It's absolutely majestic. Because they worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. They sing and they worship. Now we realize the scene is actually not fearsome but beautiful. It's not horrifying but marvelous. These living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. Then today's message, main passage. Let's look at it. Verse 10. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and, and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns or cast their crowns before the throne. And say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. They all worship Jesus Christ. This is the only reference in the entire Bible about anyone casting crowns at the feet of Jesus. Some aspects of Revelation, I, I know when we read it, it's so weird and, and they're poetic and they're figurative. Um, well, that is, it's an accurate account of what happens, but we don't know if it's literal or figurative. So when we go to heaven, we might get real crowns or we might not get real crowns. Okay, they might be figurative. I'm not certain, but this I am certain. If we did get our crowns in heaven, we will not be wearing them. We will cast them at the feet of Jesus. These elders model for us our own response when we encounter Jesus in heaven. Our gratitude and desire to worship will cause us to give to him all honors, all possessions, all or any prizes. They may give us the crown, but when I see Jesus, I'll be like, I don't want to wear this. I'm going to lay down at the feet of Jesus.
whether with literal circles of metal or merely his stated approval, God will reward us for our faithfulness, but we will return those honors to Christ. You know, if you think about it, a crown is a powerful, powerful symbol. I googled it yesterday. What is the most precious crown in the world? Guess what? It's the crown jewel of Great Britain, UK. That one's supposed to be $38 million. That's a lot of money. But more than that, crowns are made from the, not only just the most precious materials available, they put all the precious stones all around it. And not only that, what the crown represents is actually more important and more precious. Because traditionally, crowns represent power, legitimacy, victory, triumph, honor, and glory. I read a story that appeared in the Daily News in 1903. Okay, I read it from internet. Okay, I'm not that old. All right. There was a story of the Queen Victoria of the UK. There was a chaplain who just preached about the second coming of Jesus. And after the sermon, Queen Victoria came to the chaplain and said, Pastor, oh, I cannot wait until the Lord Jesus, that's my British accent, by the way, the Lord Jesus returns. And the chaplain said, why? Queen, may I ask why? And she said, I want to lay down my crown at the feet of Jesus. And the stories say that whenever she wore it at night, she would take it off and put her crown at the feet of Jesus before she went to bed. My friends, laying down our crowns at the feet of Jesus must happen each and every day in our lives. You see, that's what's going to happen in heaven. But we need to do it every day in our life. We need to lay down the crowns of our lives at the feet of Jesus all the time. Jesus, have my talents. Jesus, have my possessions. Jesus, everything I am is from you. Everything that I have is from you. Jesus, here, take my crowns and lay them at the feet of Jesus. To God be the glory and honor. All true believers acknowledge that all things come from God. This includes our salvation, our forgiveness, our possessions, every day and every hour. The things and the positions we presently enjoy and our hopes and dreams for the future. All these things come from the hand of God. By the grace of God, we are what we are and we have what we have. When we acknowledge God as our creator and savior, we acknowledge that he is the source of it all. You know, we like our crowns. Man, I didn't even win that trophy, but when I got it, like as soon as I came home, I came home like this for my family to see. Yes, we like our crowns. We want other people to see it. Look what I got. Right?
crowns are all I've achieved and accomplished. All the things that I was able to purchase, I was able to get, my career, my house, my cars, all the things. I, I want people to see it. This is my crown. Except none of them we can take to heaven. Except all of them will rot on this earth. It is so easy to think that all we have achieved and accomplished is to our personal credit. It is. You know, everyone, most of us in here in Loma Linda area, we've achieved a lot, right? A lot to show, right? So it is very difficult to, it is actually very easy. It is very easy to develop this uh, self-made attitude. Like, I worked really hard to get through the school and get this and get that because I worked really hard. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like when children grow up and then they go to college and they go to whatever and they, they think it's like, oh, I worked really hard for this dad and mom. And mom and dad are like, no. Everything that you have when you're a baby, we fed you. We took care of you. All your lessons I paid for you, I drove you to the lesson. Really? You think you worked hard for it? Most of it was given to us. The parents know. You know how we know? When the kids were born, they were naked. Ew. Oh, we had to clean them up. Oh, we had to take care of them. They cry all the time. How can we tell God that God, everything that I have, I worked hard for it? You know, when I cook, especially when I cook for myself, for some reason that food tastes really good. I don't know why, but I get really excited and I just put everything that I want to put in there and then I cook it. I'm like, Ooh, I get very excited. And um, I pray, and usually my prayer for food is like, thank you for the food, Jesus. And then I eat. But sometimes, when I pray the food that I made, I go, thank you for the Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the food. And then, like a half a second, in my thought, sometimes this this thought occurs but I made it thank you for the food but I made it man how sinful are we right when every hands that we have every brain you have all your feet that you have every minute you have every hour you have every day you have is given to us by the creator of the universe. Growing up, I didn't get any birthday parties at all. On my birthday, I got nothing. No birthday parties, no birthday present even. And one day, I asked my dad, Dad, mom, you know, all my friends, they get stuff for their birthdays. How, do, how come I don't get anything? And my dad looked at me and said, on your birthday, you thank your mom. <laughs> because when you're born, you did absolutely nothing. Your mom's the one who pushed you out. She did all the work. You didn't do anything. So on your birthday, send a thank you card to your mother. (laughs) You know, all of the moms here, everyone has their 
labor and delivery story. Isn't that true? Yeah, because they go through so much. Some of them have terrible stories like 36 hours of labor. <gasps> terrible. <laughs> so on your birthday, thank your mom. Not your dad. Dad was... <laughs> Your dad was absolutely useless on that day. <laughs> In gratitude, we should thank our moms on our birthdays. In gratitude, we should thank God for everything, every day. My friends, we don't get to heaven to learn these things. We learn them here. Think about this. Jesus Christ himself laid down his crown for us. Remember that. Jesus Christ, he laid down his crown to come down to save us. You see, he already modeled for us. So what do we need to do? Any crowns we get when we lay them down, cast them at the feet of Jesus. In our lives, the crowns of our lives that we love. Lay them down at the feet of Jesus. Laying down of the crowns is exactly what Jesus did, and that's exactly what we will do in heaven, and that is what we need to do each and every day of our life. Everyone, this is worship. Laying down the crowns, that is worship. Worship is not only when we come to church and, and, and we sing songs and, and pray. Um, that's worship too, but laying down our crowns is an act of worship. That is the heart of worship. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created. And have their being. Ultimately, our very lives should be an act of worship. So, take off your crowns, Loma Linda Church. All the guests, friends, take off your crowns and lay them at the feet of Jesus. There will be crowns in heaven. But we won't want it on our head. We will want them at the feet of Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ who actually made the crowns accessible to us. But Lord, we don't want them. We don't want them at all. Because we want to lay them at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we all stand for our closing song and our offertory?
fall down. We fall down and lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of His mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. We cry. Help us to live a life of worship. Lord, I don't want to put my crown on my head. I do not deserve it. I want to lay it at your feet. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.